tell you all I want to tell you, so we'll see how it goes. Today may be long and next week short, I don't know, but we'll just see how it goes. So let's see. Alan's still greeting everybody out there, so. (laughs) All right. So, Lord, we just thank you for this night. You are so precious to us, and we just sang beautiful songs of your love for us and our love for you, and I'm so thankful that you call us friends, that you really do hear us, you really do answer, you really do care, you demonstrate it all the time, and, Lord, it's the truth of the word. We don't just sing about it, it's the truth of your word. And so, Lord, we just ask you to open our hearts to hear from you tonight, open our spiritual ears, our spiritual hearts, Lord. Just plant these seeds deep into our lives and it'll just grow up a great harvest of victory and all that you have for us, Lord. We're just so grateful for you tonight. We just say that you are our all in all and we love you. Father, I thank you for refreshing your people tonight, your children just refreshing and meeting every need, Lord, just calming every anxious heart and just bringing peace and joy into the house. And I just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week we talked about our vision, our 2020 vision, and putting on our glasses. Tonight we're going to talk about praying and receiving and having tonight. And I guess a subtitle could be, but you don't have to write this, Michael. This, that's, the, that's my title, Pray, Receive, and Have. But a subtitle could be, Don't Let the Devil Swallow Your Cows. And so I'll tell you what that means as we go on. Um, well, I guess I could kind of tell it a little bit. You know, um, I, I have these little mini books that I've collected through the years and they're like my little treasure and just books from people that I have loved and learned from, men and women of God and there's just certain books that I'll let go of but there's a collection that I pray my children keep them and read them but you know, it's just what I've learned in the faith walk, in my walk with God and men, great men and women of God and so uh, and my library keeps growing but but I have these little mini books, and I just like to look through them and see, you know, what would be good to teach in here? Because they're all my favorites, and I love them all. And there's one that I, I picked up, and I read it, and I thought, well, you know, it's really good. I feel like I talk about that all the time, because I feel like faith is my subject. I just love talking about the power and the word and faith and believing God and receiving what he's got. And I just... It's just my favorite subject since I've been born again and learned about walking with God and believing him and knowing that he's what he's got for us and not letting the enemy have it, you know. So anyway, so this little book's kind of about it. And uh, it's by John Osteen, Joel Osteen's dad, this little book. And uh, so I'd, I'd read through it and I thought, I don't know, Lord, is that, you want me to teach on that, you know? And, you know, this thing about praying about it. So I kind of put it down and kind of thought I wasn't going to teach on that. And I think it was Sunday night. It was Sunday night. I was turning to the Christian channels. I'd gotten in bed and um, turning on the Christian channels. And there was Joel. And he was talking. His title was Believe Big, Receive Big, which I like that title. I may get his tape series. I don't know. But Believe Big and Receive Big. But when he was talking, he told one of the stories. When he began to tell this story, 
It was the same story that John Osteen, one of his testimonies in his book that he had told. And it was my subtitle about don't let the devil swallow your cows. And so when he began to tell that story, I thought, he's fixing to tell that story that I read in that little book. This side, And I thought, okay, God, I think you want me to teach on this. Because how likely was it me to turn and Joel's fixing to tell that story? And it's not like the most... You know, common story. Nobody probably in that whole Lakewood church had ever heard. I don't know. His wife would have. But anyway. So that's why I'm teaching this. I feel like God wants me to. So receive it from him. And uh, he just wants to share some things with us that I know we know. But, you know, we have to be reminded. Uh, I had a friend that would say, Kim, why do we forget? And I said, I don't know. But that's why God gave us each other to remind each other. You know, when one's down and low, there's another one that comes along to pick us up. So, yay, we have each other. So, anyway, so the title is Pray, Receive, Have. And I want to talk about some spiritual truths that I've learned that are true from the Bible, that I've been taught and and walked in and don't walk in perfectly, but endeavor to walk in it. And I tell you, they are spiritual truths that will affect great changes in your life as you meditate on the scriptures that we're going to talk about and as you let the word of God take root in your heart. You know, plants have to take root. If you put in a new lawn, that sucker's got to take root. If not, you can just put those little squares right up. You get a big wind, it's going to blow them right The things that you plant have to take root. So just skimming over it doesn't make it take root. You need to meditate on it. If you want it to be alive in your life, if you want the word to be effective in your life and the spiritual truth of God's word and the way that he does things, you know, the way he does things isn't the way we do things. Have you all noticed that? It's not, it's not our way. It's not, he does it, he does it different. And they're good ways. And his way, the Bible says, is perfect. So I want to read to you out of Mark 11. Um, I'm going to read in the Amplified Bible. Some ladies were asking me about my different translations last week. And I told them I, I read the translations. And I read uh, Amplified as my first choice. But I said I read other ones that make my point the best. That say it the way that I'm trying to say it the best. So. Anyway, I do use different translations, but I don't know um, if y'all are familiar with Kenneth Hagin. His son, Kenneth Hagin Jr., is still on TV, but Kenneth Hagin Sr. started Raymond Bible College, Bible School in um, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and uh, just have a lot of his books, just learned a lot about the faith walk with God, the Word of God, putting the Word into action, and... uh, you know, the scripture that God gave him revelation on was Mark 11:23 23 and 24 about speaking to your mountain. Because he was a young man that was a believer, but he was sick. And he was a teenager, and he was dying of heart congestive, heart failure. I mean, he was so weak, it was hard for him to turn the pages of his Bible. But God gave him a revelation from Mark 11 and talking about speaking to your mountain and what you say. You know, the Bible does say this, that life and death are in the power of the tongue. So you, you, pick, you, you learn those spiritual principles throughout the word of God. God's showing us his way. He's teaching us life and the way that we can have life 
uh, in his life flowing through us instead of uh, just speaking death over ourselves. You know, you come across that scripture. Well, hey, do you just skim over and go, man, I'm still going to talk the way I want to. No. You see what God says. If he says life and death are in the power of the tongue, speak life. Well, you know, uh, I think our life will go better if we'll do it God's way. So we want to speak life. So anyway, so back to Mark 11. I want to start in verse 12. Um, because I want to just kind of show what was happening here. Um, it says, one day, on the day following, verse 12 of Mark 11, when they had come away, Jesus and his disciples from Bethany, he, talking about Jesus, was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree covered with leaves, familiar scripture, he went to see if he could find any fruit on it. For in the fig tree, the fruit appears at the same time as the leaves. But when he came up to it, it found, he found nothing but leaves, for the fig season had not yet come. And he said to it, he said to it, Jesus said to that fig tree, and I know a lot of people say there's, well, it represented Israel, and this was the reason, and the fig leaves, and all this thing. But I just want to talk about what Jesus said to that fig tree, and what happened to that fig tree when he said it. That's my point tonight. (laughs) I know there's a lot of other points, but that's my point I'm making tonight. He said to it, no one again shall ever eat fruit from you. And his disciples were listening at the time to what he said. And so then I want to drop down to verse 19. They're coming back. They had gone. They'd gone to the temple. They're coming back. It says, when evening came on, he and his disciples, as accustomed, went out of the city. And then in verse 20, it says, and in the morning, when they were passing along, they noticed that the fig tree was withered completely away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Master, look, the fig tree which you doomed is withered away. Or you could say the fig tree which you spoke to has withered away. And in verse 22, Jesus replying to them said to them, have faith in God constantly. In verse 23, truly I tell you, Jesus telling them and us, truly I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart. And that word doubt means to have a divided heart or an undecided heart. Or you're still trying to decide, well, will God or won't God? Yes or no? Do I believe God or I don't believe God? That's what I'm talking about. When you say doubt, that you don't have that in your heart, you're settled. Remember, uh, Abraham was fully persuaded that God was able to do what he said. You've got to get fully persuaded. And you get fully persuaded by meditating on what God says. That brings full persuasion because your faith comes and says, let God be true and every man a liar. Because God is true. And his word is true. And you meditate on it. And you know he's spoken to you. Spoken things to you. And so you just take hold of it. So Jesus said, have faith in God constantly. Truly I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place, it will be done for him. And then verse 24 He says, for this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that it is granted to you and you will get it. 
says it like this in the King James. Therefore, I say to you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. We're talking about praying, receiving, and having. And I say, I believe. It says, the things that, that you desire. I believe, and the Bible says in the Psalms, that when you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. So these aren't desires that are fleshly, and out here you're chasing your own stuff. You're already delighting yourself in God, and those desires, I believe, are coming from God that he's putting them in us because we're delighting in him and we're just letting him fill us and those desires come. You know, I'm not saying that you can't ever have a desire for a new dress, a new car, a new place to live or new new job, whatever, you know. Faith can come for us, but it's all to me in God and the things that he wants us to have, you know. The first thing that that I say, and one thing I want to say about what, what Kenneth Hagin discovered and what God revealed to him, the revelation that God gave to him out of Mark eleven twenty three and 24, he kept waiting for God. He kept praying and waiting for God to do something. And God gave him that revelation. Speak to the mountain. Speak to that illness. You speak to it. And tell it to move. And believe that when you've prayed to me, that you have already received it before you can see it. You know, Abraham had to believe God and then and receive what God had said. And then he had it. Then he had Isaac. We'll talk about that later if we get to it tonight. So I want to say, first of all, when you're praying... And you're going to receive, find out what the Word of God has to say when you're praying about something. I am amazed at the scriptures that when you're praying something, that God will just bring you and go, wow. I mean, it's just amazing to me. Some of the things, I'm going to give some of my own testimonies later. But he, I believe he has a word in here, a verse for everything. Everything that pertains to our lives. Everything. And, you know, what I like about having a Bible verse is this. I go to it. It's sort of like having a date when you know that you were saved. You know, because the enemy will try to come to you and say, well, you're, you're not saved. You're not acting like you're saved. You weren't saved. But see, I like to nail it down and say, yes, on this day I was saved. Or on this day I received this from God. Nailing it down with a date. Well, the same thing with the word. When God gives me a scripture, when I find a scripture for it, I begin to stand. I begin to believe that word and stand on that word for what I'm praying for. And so first, find out what the word of God says in regarding to your family situation, whatever it is. Or your body, or your mind, or your emotions. You know, the Bible says that you have the mind of Christ. When the devil's telling to tell you you're losing it, you're going crazy, you find that the Bible says, I have the mind of Christ and I hold his thoughts, intents, and purposes in my life. You don't take that trash off the devil. See, it's the truth that you know 
that will set you free. But you got to get in there. And you know what you say? Well, I can't read the whole Bible. Well, then get on your phone and go to Bible Gateway or Bible Hub or one of those things. And you just go and you Google it and you can look up a subject and it'll whoop out all those scriptures for you. You don't even have to try real hard anymore, to be honest. You don't have to, you know, man, it's there for us. It's unbelievable. You know, those concordances I used to get my magnifying glass trying to say, what is that saying? You know, I mean, that print, those numbers are so small. But, man, it's just there for us. You know, healing, you need healing in your body. You just look up those scriptures. I mean, you just Google it, healing scriptures. Boom, there they'll be for you. Write them down. Take them in your heart and tell the devil to get off your body. Because by the stripes that wounded your Jesus, your Savior, you were made whole. Not going to be, not not maybe. He said, by my stripes, you were healed. And you take that and you pick up that sword of the Spirit. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 in the armor of God that the Word of God is your sword of the Spirit. And we wield it against the enemy It's our weapon. So that's why it's important to find out what the Bible says about your situation. If you can't find a scripture, say, God, give me a scripture. Help me to find, put one in my path. Help pastor to preach on it on Sunday. Something, you know, just give me a word, you know, because it'll help you. And you can have more than one. But as I give my examples and testimonies and things, you'll see what I'm talking about. But about your body, your mind, your emotions, your finances, your business, or whatever it is you desire, get a word, get a scripture. You know why? Because your faith is built on the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. So you need not just the word of a person, but the word from God for you. It will bless you. And then according to Mark 11, 24, You get that word, you pray, and you believe that you receive your answer. When you pray, look at it, it says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. Did he say believe that you receive them when you can see them? No. When you pray, believe that you receive them. Then it says, And you shall have them. You know why? Because you're in faith. Abraham was in faith. He knew God was going to provide his seed of promise. God had had spoken it. And he knew it. And when his body, you know, God, God, to me, God kind of waits when it's impossible for man or anybody to do anything about it. Just like Abraham. The body was gone. Sarah's was gone. Then God says, Here I am doing it. I like it. It glorifies God. I want to talk about the spiritual principles to apply from the time that you say with a heart full of faith, I believe that I have received in your prayer and the time that you actually see the answer come into manifestation because that's kind of the between the time when you say, Lord, on this day I prayed, I believe that I received this. I know you've heard me until the time you have. Because the time span can be a day. It can be an hour. It can be a week. It can be a year. For Abraham, I think it was 24 years in the 25th year after. It, that's when it happened. None of us want that timeline, I realize. 
I don't. I will tell you this. God gave me a promise regarding my uh, my daughter. He said he would bring he'd bring my children from the east, and she lived in Houston. From the time she uh, was first married, she lived in Houston for 15 years. And the Lord gave me a scripture. I, I don't even remember. I probably have one of my Bibles when he first gave it to me. And I wasn't even asking him for it, but I read it one day. And I said, I received that, Lord. Someday you're going to bring her back closer to me. And, um, and he did. But it was 15 years later. But you know what? I didn't go. Well, when is it, God? Well, when is she coming? Well, you said, I received that day when he spoke that to me, when I prayed and I made it into a prayer. And I received that day that at some point God would bring her back from the east. And he did. He did it. And he gets all the credit. I didn't do it. He did it. And I'm just saying doesn't matter. God's going to do it. So there's a rest in that. You don't have to be all right. You don't, you know, you're just, you, I received it. It was as good as mine. It was as good as done. That's what receiving means. It's as good as done. It's as good as done, Cindy. But your baby's coming home. It's as good as done. It's as good as, you don't have to fret. It's as good as done. God's bringing her home. And that's what God does. But that's what we do. We receive it. You know, you just get it settled. It's God's. You've released it to him. And so that can be from the time that you see that truth in the word and you believe it. And you receive it by reaching out with a heart of faith from God and receiving it into your spirit man. All of that and the time that you actually have it manifested in your life can be a distance of time. But it doesn't mean that God's not working and that he's not working on it because he is. He is. A certain amount of time may pass before you have it comes to pass. But God will do it. This is the time period in which you need to learn how to develop an unshakable confidence in God. And you have to develop that. You know, the enemy is ever trying to get you to not trust God, not believe God, not think he's working on your half. He tries to make you think uh, that God doesn't care about you, that he is, you know, busy. (laughs) He'll call you back in ten minutes, you know. (laughs) You get those. You all know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Their wait will be 650 minutes. Would you like us to call you back? Oh, yeah, please. You know, (laughs) you might want to listen to that music for, oh, can make you cry. No. So if there was ever a time the devil will try to shake your confidence in God and his word, it's between the time that you say, I believe that I have received what I've prayed and desired. And the time that you see the manifestation and can say, I have it. You don't always get things instantly. You know that. I know I don't have to tell you that. During the waiting time, You have to make up your mind whether you have any confidence in God or not. You have to decide if you have any confidence in his word or not. And, you know, there's a wrestling. You know, the Bible says that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, and we don't. But powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness and high place. That's what we, that is the battlefield, as Joyce Myers taught us, is in the mind. 
And he's trying to talk us out. He doesn't want us to believe God. He doesn't want us to have what God wants us to have. He wants to stop and thwart everything he can from the smallest to the biggest things. But our part is to stay in agreement with God and connected to him. may not know when and you may not know how, but he's going to do it. And you just... You just build yourself up and you just encourage yourself. Remember how David, man, they'd gone to Ziklag and fought the battle and, man, they are ransacked and so much had happened and the men wanted to stone him. The Bible said he had to encourage himself in the Lord. You've got to encourage yourself in the Lord when the enemy's just trying to get you off of, just get you to let go. Oh, it just be easier. Just let go. Oh, wouldn't it just be easier to just, just go ahead and take this instead of that? But you know God's got that for you. But it would be easier to take a shortcut. Don't let the enemy do that to you. Don't do that. Hang and hold and let God have his way. 1 John 5.14 says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And you know what his will is? By the word of God. That's how you know what his will is. You're not asking off. If you're married and you're praying to be someone else, someone else's wife or husband, that's not the will of God. You're, you're, don't pray that. Don't pray. Or let me put it a different way. You're single and you're praying that God will give you someone else's husband or wife. That's not the will of God. Go to the word. Or if you're married, you think, God, I don't want this one or another one. That's not the will of God. Just, you know, you know what the word says? Good home. Read it. You know, and if you don't know, Pastor Allen or me is going to tell you, or some other person. Don't, you know, don't fall for the enemy's jump. This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And verse 15 says, and if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. God wants you to know that when you pray, he hears you, he cares, and he's answering. and He wants to give you the desires that you've asked him for. The enemy wants to say, oh, I don't know if God wants you to have that. He is your daddy. He loves you. You're asking. Not some out there selfish whatever stuff that's going to hurt you. You're asking, God wants to bless you and help you and give you what you need and even more than you need. Do you know he doesn't just barely eke it out to you? He gives you super abundantly more than you could ask or think, the Bible says. Do you realize the picture that God wants you to have and know? or how much? Not the picture, but how God wants you to know him, how he really is. The enemy wants you to think he's just this mean old daddy like maybe one you had or you knew somebody had who just makes you beg for everything and then maybe will, maybe won't, give it, take it back, make you perform for it. That's not God, your father. He wants you to come to him, the Bible says, boldly to the throne of grace to get help when you need it. And he wants you to have confidence when you do that he's hearing, that it's his will to answer you. He, it's his good pleasure, the Bible says, to give you the kingdom and the things in the kingdom. It's his good pleasure. But the enemy wants you to see this miserly, mean old whatever that 
Maybe will, maybe won't. If you've been good enough, you know you haven't been good enough to get that. You know, that's not how God sees you. He sees you through the blood of his son, and he sees his precious child that he died for coming to him and saying, Daddy, I need help. I need healing, and I've seen your word that you took stripes for my healing. So I receive that now, and I thank you for it. Right now, even before your body gets straightened up, go ahead and receive what he's already done, and you'll have it. Or when he talks about provision, or the peace, or the joy, all the things that you see that he's provided, you receive. And let him give you that. It's And, and then there's just blessings. He wants to bless you. My gosh, he said that he would bless you with houses. I don't really want more than one. Anybody want more than one? One's enough, isn't it? For me it is. Hey. But, you know, I'm just saying, for those that do, okay. But, you know, in this life, houses. <laughs> I haven't claimed that one. Alan does. He wants a house at the ranch. Ooh. But anyway, small, very small, <laughs> this big. <laughs> But anyway, my point is, God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you and and answer you. Even before what we have asked for manifests, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. That is the confidence that we have in God. If we ask anything in line with this word, we know that he hears us. And since we know that he hears us, we know that we have whatsoever we ask. We know we have it. Confidence is knowing we have it. You know, I can remember, we may go to part three, who knows. I can remember just talking about this, talking about the confidence in our loving Father and what he wants to do for us. And it's not all about things, and that's not, I mean, I'm not, you know, that's not, my my point is not so much of what you get is that you know that your Heavenly Father loves you and wants to provide for you and help you and do for you super abundantly more than you could ask or think. And I can remember one time in my early Christian life, uh, I had a real distorted view of my Father God. I distorted in... I kind of had the mean just view of God. And uh, maybe not mean, but just, I don't know. Anyway, strict, just, I don't know. And my dad wasn't like that, so I don't know where I got that. But anyway, well, I do know where I got it, but I'm not going to tell y'all. <laughs> I don't want to talk about anybody. But anyway, uh, so, but the point is this. Um, I had listened to some things that, you know, I didn't know the word enough to know anything different. I'm going to put it that way. And I, my friend, y'all know Bobby Hill. Those of y'all that know Bobby Hill that come here and his wife. You know, his wife was my best friend growing up. And, well, that's a whole God deal. But anyway, so I remember the first time they pastored in Austin. And after I got saved, I went to meet her. I mean, we were best friends. She prayed for me. But, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't surrendered my life to God yet. But anyway, in time, I was going to meet her really probably... Maybe our second visit since I had been saved. But she drove up. And y'all, some of y'all may think how worldly, but anyway. She drove up in the cutest little car. I don't even know what it was. But it had a T-top on it. I don't know what it was. 
And I started to cry because I had such a view of God that I thought he just wanted us to drive some junker car, that you were unholy if you had anything nice or let alone cute. Her shoes matched her dress. I, I just, but what it made me, it made me cry because it made me see that that was okay. And y'all are thinking, this is so worldly. But I wish I could get it across to you. What God was trying to say, it's okay with me. You don't have to drive a car that you're barely getting around in that is unsafe. It's, you can have a car that you like. Yes. You know? You know I have enough money for you to have a car you like. I have enough for you where you could have a pair of shoes that match. I mean... God was trying to show me that he had owned the cattle on a thousand hills. Yes. And that he loved me and that he had good for me. And just because I had sat under teaching that kind of showed God to be this uh, religious, stin- I don't know, religious, just, you know, you weren't holy if you didn't just. And I'm not putting this down, but, oh, well, I probably shouldn't. I don't know. I don't want to get, I don't want to. I'm just saying, you know, that, that you would have enough. I'm not going to tell that either. Um, <laughs> not going to tell it. Not going to tell that either. I'll tell you this. I will tell you this. Alan and I were ashamed of the blessings of God, how it affected us. I did not intend to go this direction tonight, but I'm going to tell you. We had a new truck, and we didn't want the people we went to church with to know it. Has anybody, am I only, does anybody relate to this at all in your Christian life? And maybe I'm just a impressionable whatever that, you know, some people would say, too bad about you, I'm getting my car. But you know, I'm like that. Because I thought, I thought it was my picture of God. And so it is so important to me for you to know how much he loves you and that he's hearing you and he wants to give you the desires of your heart. Because yes. I had such a distorted, messed up view. I didn't even know if God would or wouldn't. I didn't know. And it, it's nobody's fault. My own, I needed to get in the word for myself. And believe you me, I did. <laughs> I did and I found out. But I'm just saying... God wants us to know that he is for us, not against us. And that he wants to help you and bless you and dig you up out of a pit. And bring you into a good, happy place. A place of blessing and a place of provision where you're not struggling and barely making it. Can't even think straight because of all the stress and the pressures you've got on you. God loves you. You see it from the scriptures that I've read. Look at these scriptures. This is the confidence. I'm going to read it to you again. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. We're asking this. And if we know that he hears us whatsoever, we ask, we know that we have the petitions we desired of him. And, you know, I will say this, that when you're asking, give it to him. Say, Lord, this is a desire I have. But if, if somehow 
it's not your perfect will from us, for us to have this or me, then I give that to you. You know? But if it is, Lord, this is my desire, but it's in your, you know? And then just trust it. If it is, you just receive it. So I just want you to know <laughs> in this that God loves you and that he has good for you and he is a good, good father and he's not just a good, good father for somebody else. You know, even when I kind of knew he was good and that he wanted to get then I thought, well, he'll do good there. He'd be good to me if I've done everything right. If I just performed correctly, then God will be happy with me. That was another lie of the enemy. And I'm not saying I'm trying to act bad. It's not that. But God is in a relationship with us through his son Jesus. And that's how he sees us. And he knows that he's the one that's forming us and making us into who we ought to be. We're not doing that. He's doing that. Now, we have to yield to his pro- yield to him doing that and allow him. But he's the one doing it. So he's not punishing us. He knows. The Bible says he knows our frailties. He knows our weaknesses. And so he's not mad at us like we get with our kids or our parents got with us and we're all frustrated. God's not like that because he knows the end from the beginning. And he can see what he's doing. And he knows he's greater than our frailties and he's greater than any mess-ups that we're doing and our tantrums and all of our stuff, God is greater because we belong to him and we've been bought with a price. And so we have confidence in just knowing. And again, I'm not talking about living just this. I'm talking about a life where he is the desire of your heart and the delight of your heart. The Bible tells us that we can have confidence in him. Our faith rests in the integrity of a person. It's not in some doctrine. It's in him. It's in him. Our confidence rests in him. Our confidence says if he hears me, and he does, and I pray in line with the word, I know he heard me and I have it. We're praying in line with the word. Hebrews 10.35 says this. It says, cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Don't throw it away. Don't throw your confidence in God away. Because it has a great recompense of reward. God's saying, hold on. Stay with me. Stay in agreement with me. Keep looking at me. Because if you get your eyes off, your confidence comes off too. Keep your eyes on him and your confidence will stay in him. Because there's a reward there. You're just staying and you're hanging in there. You're in between receiving and having. Hang in and hold and just allow him to bring it to pass. The verse after Hebrews 10.35 says this. Verse 36 says, For you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So the will of God is that you would keep your confidence in him. And you would stay confident that he's heard you. You've received from him the answer to your prayer. And you'll have it. That's your comfort. So that's the will of God for you to receive the promise. But what did you have need of? Patience. 
the LP word. Nobody likes that word, do we? <laughs> but we have been given, through the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of patience. So we, we have patience in us, and you need to draw on that. God promises are inherited through faith and patience. Hebrews 6.12 says, Faith has nothing to do with fleeting emotions. Doesn't have anything to do with our feelings. Faith doesn't. Our confidence in God. When you read a scripture that you can apply to your situation, faith will grow in your heart. It's an inward receiving and believing of God's word and then an outward acting like it's so. You receive it on the inside. Faith has a divine rest. When you've really received, that's how I really know. When you've really received, faith has a divine rest. You know what? It's kind of like when God gave me that scripture about my daughter. He just spoke it to my heart. I received it. And then I didn't fret over it. I didn't think anymore. I just took it. Yes, Lord. I agreed. I received and I knew that I would have it someday. And but there was a rest to it. I wasn't all wrought up. I wasn't trying to make it happen. I wasn't hounding her. And I'm, I'm just saying there is a divine rest. When God's word gets down into your heart and you know that God has heard you, there's an unshakable rest that will come. And you know, the Bible talks about striving to enter into the rest. Sometimes there's a striving. Sometimes there's a... You take it back, you give it back. You take it back, you give it back. You know, everybody relate to that. You know, but God has that rest for us. He wants us to pray, to receive, and to have what he has for us. And I'm going to start. It's 8.15, so I'm, um, I'm about halfway through. I've got lots of testimonies I want to tell y'all. Um, I'll tell y'all. I'll tell y'all one tonight because it might take me too long. Um, just talking about the time of when you receive the word until the time you have it. There's two. There was um, our son Chad. I've told this before, but he was about two and a half years old and he had a little discolored tooth. He had bumped it and it had discolored. And the dentist told me um, that they wanted to pull that tooth, that they thought it would damage the other teeth. Well, it was just, it was a baby tooth. I realized they could have pulled it. But I just didn't want them to do that. That was the desire of my heart. I did not want them to pull that tooth. I just didn't. I didn't want him to have that experience, these little bitty thing. I just didn't. That was my desire. This is an example of what I'm talking about. That was a desire in my heart that he would not have to have that tooth pulled. And so... I, we were, had a Bible study at, at Wanda's, Rick's mom's house, and, and I was telling them we prayed. And later that day, I was just in my Bible, and I came across this scripture in Song of Solomon. And this is what the scripture says. It says that your teeth are like a flock of ewes, sheep, ewes, E-W-E-S, coming from their washing, of which all are in pairs, And not one of them is missing. I came across that scripture in the Song of Solomon in my Bible. And that was my scripture for my baby, who I did not want to have his tooth pulled. And so I took that scripture and I received that. But 
The enemy spoke to me and tried to get me off and get me whatever. I called the 700 Club and got them to pray with me. Got my baby's tooth. And they prayed with me. And the lady said, I'll never forget this. The lady said, I believe God's touched him. And I said, I do too. I received again. So I was going along. And by the way, you know, I had to make another dental appointment. That's what I had to do. Uh, an extraction appointment. I made the appointment. That's what they were going to do. They told me that the last time he was there, they told me to bring him back, but I didn't. It was six months later, and anyway, so I don't know. I misinterpreted. Anyway, it's okay. All in God's timing. But anyway, so I kind of just began to lose my confidence a little bit, and I looked at that scripture in Song of Solomon. It's um, again. The first time I saw it was in. Chapter 6, verse 6. I didn't know it was in there twice. It's also in chapter 4, verse 2. And it says the same thing. And he's talking about his bride. But I saw it again. So my confidence was sure. God had given me that scripture twice. We had made the appointment for the extraction. We went to the dentist. And I just told him when I went in, I just said, I want you, I want you to just x-ray before you pull that tooth. Will you x-ray his tooth one more time? And they said, okay. They did it. They said they would. And then they called me to the back. And on the little x-ray deal where you know you see picture, you know how they put it up there and they show the light through it? They had two x-rays. And they said, well, this was the first x-ray from the time before when he was here. But this is the x-ray today. And before it was all black and dark inside that tooth, but the second x-ray, it was light. It was like a light gray. And it didn't have in there what they said. And I told them, I said, well, if you don't believe in God, you know, here I go. You know, you don't believe in God. I said, God, God did that. You know, he did that. And he didn't have to have his tooth pulled. But you know what? You know what else? The outward appearance of that tooth never changed. That little tooth on the outside stayed dark. Till the day that whenever he was six or five, whenever he pulled it in a natural timing. And my point is, you can pray. Things may not change the way you see them. But, you know, I just pressed. And it's not because I'm anything. It's just Alan says I'm hard-headed. That's rude. Don't y'all think that's rude? Don't y'all think he should say I'm tenacious? Yes. If anybody agrees with Alan, I don't want to hear it. So I am tenacious. Somebody did speak that to me. So I'm like a bulldog, and when I get a hold of it, mm-hmm. But I, I knew God had spoken. But I'm just saying, I just want to encourage you with that, not because I'm anything. I'm just this girl who's gotten saved and loving God, and the devil's trying to black my kid's tooth and then take it out. You know, hey, leave them alone, you know. And so God cares about a little baby tooth. To give me some scriptures on how much more your big stuff that you got going on. You know? How much more? I'm just trying to show you who he is and how much he loves you and what he'll do for you. He certainly didn't do it because I was anything because I didn't know much at all. But I do believe God. I do believe his word. And I do know that he tells the truth and his word is true. And even when this is saying negative things and that saying and when the tooth is still dark i didn't care what that tooth looked like it didn't matter to me what that i didn't want that tooth pulled i believe if i'd asked god could you turn it back a lighter color where it's a little wider 
But I didn't care. I just didn't want him to have to have that tooth pulled. So anyway, I'm ending. I went too long. Sorry. But I just want you to know, pray, receive, and you'll have them. Yeah, this was part one. Sorry, Michael. (laughs) We'll talk about it again next week. And I'll tell you what it means about don't let the devil swallow your cows. Maybe next week. We'll see if we get to that. Y'all have to come back because you're going, what is she talking about? Anyway, so Father, we thank you. Look, see all these? Ooh, these were all scriptures I did not go to tonight. So Father, we just thank you. I thank you for encouraging the heart of your children tonight to step past what they can see with their eyes or feel with their feelings, to step on in to you and your word and what you have for them, that you might have a cute little car with a T-top that they just, they're desiring. I don't know, God. Or shoes that match a dress. I don't know. But I do know that you love your children and you love to bless them. That, that you're not like humans that are, can be stingy and just try to withhold but God. You love to bless your children because, you know what, we give you all the praise and the glory. When the blessings come, praise goes up, the blessings come down. And we give you all the good things that we have, God, we know have come from you because every good and every perfect gift comes from you. And we rejoice and I thank you and I believe, Father, as I pray, that they have received a Fresh eyes to see you as our loving daddy God who loves to bless and help and guide and do super abundantly more than we could ask or pray. I just thank you for it.